It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Okay, this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity is going to be different than the norm. It's going to be a departure from the way I usually approach this podcast, but you're going to be blessed, and I believe you're going to be enlightened and intrigued by what I have to share. But first, let me tell you how I got the inspiration for this program. Today, I was driving my daughter to the gym, and we were listening to one of our favorite songs. I mean, top of the list favorite, and that is Jira by Maverick City. Wow, I think I listen to it at least two or three times every day, at least. And after we got through listening and worshiping along with the song, I asked my daughter a question. I said, did you know that Jehovah Jireh isn't actually, originally, a name for God? And she looked at me with utter surprise and amazement as if I had actually transgressed the boundary of correct doctrine. And I said, no, no, it wasn't actually a name for God in the beginning. It was the name of a place. And I could tell by the way she looked at me that I had to prove my point. So I took her to Genesis chapter 22, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It's the chapter where Abraham hears from God and God says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, and offer him on one of the mountains that I will tell you of. And he took him to Mount Moriah. God led him to Mount Moriah, which later on would be the mountain where the temple was built and the glory of God rushed into the temple. And all of that is highly symbolic and amazing the way God weaves these things together. But as they were walking up the mountain, now this is a very important line. This is verse 8. As they were walking up the mountain, and Isaac had asked the question, Father, look, we have the fire and we have the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And verse 8 is the important verse where Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And of course, that little key word himself in there is an indication of the deity and divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was symbolized by what took place on that mountain. And of course, it's a harrowing story, a difficult thing to imagine Abraham with his knife poised above his head, ready to offer up and sacrifice his son. And right at the critical moment, isn't that usually when God comes through? Right at the critical moment when there's no more time left, the audible voice of God speaks. And he says, Abraham, Abraham, when God says your name twice, it's important. Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad. 
or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behind him there was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. A ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Does that remind you of anything? Crown of thorns, ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Now remember, Abraham had said God will provide himself a lamb. But what was substituted for Isaac was a ram. So the lamb was to come later on. But listen closely. So anyway, the switch took place. The ram was placed on the altar and Isaac went free. I'm sure his name that day was fulfilled with lots of laughter because that's what Isaac means. And then verse 14, now this is what I was getting to. Verse 14 says, And Abram, Abraham called the name of the place, now in English, the Lord will provide. But in Hebrew, it's actually Yahweh Yira or Jehovah Jireh is the more popular pronunciation, but it can't be the way it was pronounced initially because there was no J in the Hebrew language. It was Yahweh Ira. It was the tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, and the Hebrew word that means provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. What is it? It is a reference to a substitute in death. And the mount of the Lord later on was Mount Golgotha, where Jesus became our substitute in death. He tasted death for every man. And the Bible said that he became sin for us. He became that burnt offering, holy and completely offered up to the Father the only begotten Son of the Father. So, originally, the name of the place was Yahweh-Ira, or Jehovah-Jireh. Could you say that it could be transferred to God as a name for him? Well, it was a way of memorializing who God was and what God did. So, it wasn't really the dirt and the rocks and the mountain area that deserved the name Yahweh-Ira. It was the God who manifested himself there. So in an indirect way, the name applied to the place could be applied to the God who moved in that place. Does God accept that name? I believe he does. If my children or my grandson were to give me a name that expressed love for me that was not necessarily a name I revealed to them as being my name, but they called me by that name because it was a term of endearment, I would enjoy it. And I believe God enjoys it when we call him Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Ira. Maybe it's pronounced a little bit differently from English to Hebrew, the original language. But the main thing is we are celebrating that the Lord is our provider. Now, the one thing I want to bring out, though, that's really important is that we have used that name primarily to mean, oh, i got so many bills that need to be paid, but God, you are Jehovah Jireh. 
That's not what it was about originally. God, my clunker, hardly makes it from the house to work. Aren't you going to provide me a new vehicle? Well, that's not really what it meant to begin with. Not houses, not cars, not a higher pay at your job, not a promotion, not uh, an accomplishment in life like getting that degree you want or that spouse you want. And so you're claiming Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you're going to provide these things. I'm sure he will provide for you because he said it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So I'm not negating the fact that God is a provider, but I am emphasizing the fact that originally Yahweh era, Jehovah Jireh, meant something so far greater than cars or houses or money in the bank. It was the solution to our dilemma. We were dead in sins on our way to eternal separation from God. And the only begotten Son of God became our substitute in death. Forget cars and houses and bank accounts. That is so powerful Everything else pales in comparison. And so to summarize, let me give you two concluding thoughts. Number one, it wasn't originally a name for God. It was a name for a place, but it was a place where that characteristic, that personality trait of God was revealed. And so it is a way of memorializing the God who manifested there. And I believe that's quite acceptable to God. And number two, it doesn't mean what people think. It doesn't mean God meeting natural needs as much as it means God meeting our greatest need. Will I keep singing Jira by Maverick City? Absolutely. I'll probably sing it three or four times tomorrow. I love that song. My wife loves that song. My daughter loves that song. Praise God. We cry when we listen to it. In fact, Maverick City is one of our favorite groups. We love the worshipfulness, the sincere, deep worshipfulness that goes on when they get together. Praise God. Now, how does that tie in with our spiritual identity? I told you this would be a departure from the norm. Well, I talked about a name for God on this episode, but what about our name? Because this program is about discovering your spiritual identity, who God says you are in his word. Well, in Acts chapter 15, verse 14, he said, we are a people for his name. And so if there are any people anywhere in the world that can celebrate the reality of Yahweh era, the reality of Jehovah Jireh, it is the people who have been rescued from this world for his name, for the glorification and revelation of his name. Also, The Bible calls us true worshipers in John chapter 4, verse 23. And true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So the more you know about truth, the more that true worship can flow out of your life. And so we've learned some fresh truth about this particular name applied to God. And one more name given to us in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, is a pillar and foundation of the truth. And so you go out into your world and you be a pillar of the truth. You be a foundation of the truth and tell the world that your God is Yahweh Ira. Your God is Jehovah Jireh, the God 
who took the blow you should have received. He took the judgment that should have fallen on you and should have fallen on me. We should have suffered on a cross, not Jesus, but he is the God who provides needs that are impossible to meet any other way. I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I look forward to sharing the word with you the next time around. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light, and thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.